You are listening to Hungry Books, a podcast about the best books ever written on the subject of food. I'm your host, Rocío Carvajal, food history writer, cook and author. And each episode, I present a book that will change your life. Hungry Books Hello, foodie bookworms, and welcome to Hungry Books. I have thought about making this show for a long time because I'm a big foodie nerd. You know, it's quite hard to find great reads about food that actually go beyond cookbooks. Oh, and look, I'm a cookbook author myself. I have self-published four books about traditional Mexican food and co-authored another two about food identities. But I really wanted to make a show that I would actually love listening to, that offers not only great recommendations about books and food, but also gives some context about the author and the subject and a good, honest opinion from an actual picky reader. It was actually surprisingly easy to pick up the first book to premiere the show and is one that is thorny, delicious, oozing honesty to the point of being slightly uncomfortable, but also moving, inspiring and full of vitality. Are you intrigued now? Well, today's episode is all about blood, bones and butter, the inadvertent education of a reluctant chef by Gabriel Hamilton. Let's see if, after reading it, you also agree with Anthony Bourdain's opinion that this book is simply the best memoir by a chef ever. On with the show! This book is a rarity in its own right. It is beautifully crafted with precision and intention, depicting the constant struggle of the human experience at the face of life's unpredictability. But in this case, the answer to life's doubts and questions turns to be food. Gabriel Hamilton is a wordsmith by training, but ironically, it's not really what made her famous. In fact, it hasn't been at all part of her success as a cook and restaurateur, at least in my opinion. Through the pages of this book, she presents raw slices of her life that paint a succession of seemingly unrelated and chaotic events that led her to be one of America's most celebrated chefs and hated as well, in equal measure. After all, we are talking about the same person who lives by the phrase, forget balance, fall into chaos. <laughs> But who the hell is Gabriel Hamilton? So 53 years ago, Gabriel Hamilton was born in the northeast coast of America in New Hope, Pennsylvania, into a large mixed heritage family with four siblings that were the offspring of a French mother and an American father, both with a passion for simplicity and self-sufficiency But they didn't quite have an idyllic life that was, you know, like house on the prairie kind of thing. Her parents' passionate and volatile tempers marked the Hamilton family life with turmoil and instability. The Gabriel we know today actually came a long way from her wild youth. 
she pretty much was a runaway child at the age of 17, following the traumatic split of her parents, and she embarked on a life of survival, taking any job, working at sordid bars and nightclubs, and they presented a great opportunity to get some easy money, also some easy drugs, and she fell into the slippery slope of committing some petty fraud and had her fair share of brushes with the law that kept her at the brink of having a very different life, and probably would have been a very short one too. In an interview that Gabrielle gave to Sirius Eats, said that her life was not organized around food as a central theme or activity or even fetish, and that actually is a very common mistake of readers or TV audiences to assume so. Well, I mean, take that with a pinch of salt. You have to be pretty obsessive about your own passion if you want to make a name for yourself. So going back to the book, one of the great things about this autobiography is that it really takes you under Gabrielle's skin and she revisits her own life and tipping points that drove her to make key decisions that seem to keep her in exile from anything that resembles comfort zone, where I am actually convinced is where she thrives. Gabrielle doesn't really have formal culinary qualifications. She actually has a degree in creative writing. But on the other hand, she has decades of experience of grueling backstage cooking for all sorts of food businesses around the world, from greasy spoons, restaurants, cafes and catering companies. And a few decades on the road with more drive than strategy, Gabrielle walked into the restaurant world and became the queen of her own realm. And here is where the story of Prum begins, which is pretty much a whole character in itself within the book. So it turns out that back in 1999, I know, a lifetime from now, Hamilton was shown a small property in a less than glamorous corner of New York, that was charmingly riddled with cockroaches, crusty walls and human shit. And naturally, she did the most reasonable thing and signed a 30-year lease. Then she opened Prune, a name that summons up her wild and flavorful childhood. Gabrielle's mom affectionately called her Prune when she was a kid. And this restaurant not only helped her channel the many versions of herself, it also served as a platform from where she redefined the meaning of comfort food and fine dining in a very upscale, bistro-style kind of manner. Now, here's a fun fact for you. Strange as it sounds, Prune has never had an Instagram or Twitter account, yet Hamilton has managed to build a single venue empire and gained a seat at the Celebrity Chef's Olympus by doing, well, pretty much just old-fashioned, consistent good cooking. Crazy, right? But Prune and Gabrielle have been endlessly featured in many columns, articles and interviews thanks to a legion of food writers who have done well the digital honours, raising the coverage and profile of Prune, which rose to international fame thanks to PBS's Mind of a Chef, which featured Hamilton in the fourth season back in 2015. So, with over 12 James Beard nominations and a handful of wins, Gabrielle walked into her 50s as a seasoned veteran of the School of Hard Knocks, right in her fame and spotlight. So, was this a happily ever after for her when she rose to international fame? Well, of course not. And her private life was just at the brink of turning upside down and so was her professional career. 
And it was just in the middle of all this when she wrote Blood, Bones and Butter, which is not a book about how to make it big in life. In fact, it's actually the opposite. It's about expecting to fail, but being ready for when it happens. It's about being clever and resourceful, about resilience and finding meaning through pain and chaos, which actually is way more comforting than you might expect. Because it's so relatable to the human experience. Throughout the book, Gabrielle stands in front of us at her lowest and her highest. She is still humble and defiant, telling us that every day is a great day to push ourselves and to fail and win from it. Now, fast forward a few years after this book was published, Gabrielle has continued to be a frequent name at the front covers of food columns and specialized blogs, but this time in the middle of controversy and a lot of cloth tearing, because Gabrielle happened to choose the wrong battle to redeem a business that was quite a poisoned chalice. Now, let me give you some context here. Spoiler alert. So in the book, Gabrielle depicts herself as a life-hungry wild soul, and she gives her sexuality a big role in her life. It's explicit enough to make it clear that she went from having, uh, you know, more or less defined bisexual preference to be more comfortable as a lesbian that ended up marrying a man and having his kids. I know, I know, it's a bit confusing, but hey, to each their own. So, several years after the book was published, Gabrielle divorced her Italian husband and married her new business partner and co-head chef, Ashley Merriam. Now, all of that should be nobody's business but her own, but in our contemporary world, a person's sexual preferences are too often read as political and ethical statements. Now, I say all this because in 2018, Hamilton and her new wife decided that they wanted to take upon themselves to redeem the infamous restaurant The Spotted Pig, a cursed business owned by the disgraced Ken Friedman, who sank deep in the unforgivable mud of sexual misconduct. The once hailed Michelin star restaurant, whose kitchen was famously commanded by the British chef April Bloomfield, became the ground zero spot for the Me Too campaign in the restaurant world. So it sparked an outcry across the world, causing many female chefs to come forward denouncing the prevailing macho-dominated culture of the food industry. Now, Hamilton's effort to redeem the spotted pig while throwing money to Ken Friedman was a bit too much for our Me Too times to handle. And not surprisingly, it failed spectacularly. Sometime after the announced partnership deal hit the fan and splattered the pages of every food blog and column, Gabrielle admitted to being too naive and even too arrogant about it. And after some chest pounding and cloth tearing, everyone moved on because, honestly, nobody has the time to dwell on that. But among the many things that we have to learn from Bloodbounds and Butter is that Hamilton doesn't care at all about what you and I think. And she's always put forward her hunger for impossible challenges, even at the risk of potentially career-ending results. And you know what? It is actually very refreshing, the candor and healthy dose of self-deprecation and profanity that you can find within the pages of this book. 
But beyond that, what I really liked is the way she embraces with honesty that permanent human struggle that pushes us to redefine day after day who the hell we want to be. And this is ultimately a book about life. And why should we live it with intensity every moment with joy, pain, hope and fear? So here are my final thoughts on Blood, Bones and Butter. On a personal level, this book became a sort of mm, second coming of age for me as a food writer. I got it on my birthday several years ago. And after I read it, with no short amount of effort, it left me angry, surprised, exhausted, and actually very inspired. I had so many questions. So I did the only reasonable thing, and the stalker in me pushed me to send Gabriel an email. Now, days, weeks, and months passed, and one day, I actually got an answer. And in less than four lines, she gave me the ultimate bookworm gift. And among other things, she said, and I quote, I am wishing you to continue having a rich and deep life. I mean, that was the best belated birthday gift ever. So why do I think you should read this book? Now, I don't think it necessarily matters if you want to pursue a career in the food industry. Like I said at the beginning, ultimately, this is a book about life, about failure, creativity, and a book about how to reinvent yourself. And that, I think, is probably the most valuable lesson because Gabrielle is both arrogant enough to say, f*** it, I'm going to do it, and I don't know if it's going to work. And on the other hand, she owns her mistakes, and I think it's just as healthy for us to learn how to do both things. I think it really invites to introspection. It teaches you more about yourself than you might actually think. This woman, who is clearly very self-empowered, is also very, very happy owning her failures and feeling strong and feeling vulnerable at the same time. So I think that is the ultimate gift of this book and why you should read it. Obviously, there's much more which you will discover when you read it. And I hope my ramblings about this book have enticed you to go to your nearest bookshop and flick through the pages and hopefully you will buy it. And if you do so, send me a message over Instagram, Hungry Books Podcast, and let me know what you think of it. Thank you for listening to this very fresh-pressed episode of Hungry Books. I hope you have enjoyed it. Maybe you have book suggestions, uh, comments, or just want to spam me with photos of your bookshelves, then by all means, drop me a line, write me to hello at pasachipolle.com and find the show on Instagram as Hungry Books Podcast altogether. And the website is pasachipolle.com forward slash Hungry Books. This show was written and produced by me, Rocio Carvajal. And guess what? I am also the host of Paz de Chipotle podcast, which is a show dedicated to explore the gastronomic treasures of Mexico. And if you are into food traditions, cultural history and tacos, well, go check it out. I've left a link for you on this episode's notes, but you can also find it on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. There's also a visual version. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the pod, rate it and share it with someone you like, but get the word out. And that's it for me for this episode. Stay hungry. <laughs> <laughs>